0: Words hold immense power. Those who wield them with grace and precision are able to persuade others, diffuse conflict, make a lasting impression, and unlock life-changing opportunities. But how do you move from being an average conversationalist to an eloquent force to be reckoned with? Well, why not take some lessons from the most skilled communicators in history? Come along as we study those who have a way with words, from poets and public speakers to authors and philosophers it's time to level up your communication skills. Welcome to A Better Way to Say. Hi, hello, and welcome back to the Talking to Strangers series. In case you're new, we've been going through different ways to speak to and connect with strangers. Unlike the normal episodes where we study someone from history, the Talking to Strangers series features lessons I picked up while moving and shaking here in DC. And it also has some lessons from the friends I've met here who are pros in communication. Many of these friends who are kind enough to lend me their advice, send me notes on their thoughts, and even come on the show to be interviewed, were strangers to me not that long ago. And it was by connecting through meaningful conversation, that I was able to build bonds with them and now have them as part of my circle, which enriches my life. So as you can guess, I'm a big proponent of speaking to people you don't know and finding out what connections this can lead to. I say connections because there are a lot of ways that This may play out. You could meet someone who turns out to be a friend, who turns out to be a business connection, a romantic interest. You don't always know when you first meet someone what role they will play in your life. As Maya Angelou once wrote, a friend may be waiting behind a stranger's face. Don't worry, I have more than just inspirational quotes for you today. I have tools, tips, strategies you can use because Think about how many people you cross paths with throughout your day and throughout your week. I want you to have the confidence and the tools to connect with them in a real way, if you so desire. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I have the lessons broken down into three phases. I'm going to walk you through what I recommend doing when you start a conversation, then throughout the middle, and then at the end, tying it up with a nice little bow All in an effort to build a lasting connection. If you're ready to turn strangers into friends, let's get into it. All right, I have my notes, I have some examples, and I have you, my lovely listener. So here is lesson number one be open. You can set yourself up for a positive conversation with a stranger simply by entering a space with a positive and welcoming presence. So when I say positive, welcoming presence, I'm talking about multiple things, not just what you say, but I'm speaking about your facial expressions, your body language, and your words. They all need to communicate a sense of openness and warmth. You probably have a friend who does this seemingly without effort. I have a friend who is an extremely positive person. He always talks about gratitude and being thankful, and he smiles often. He strikes up conversations with people all the time, and it's routinely just a quick comment about something in the environment, but then it turns into a whole conversation and everyone's friends by the end of it. I remember once we were waiting for our flight in a lounge, and he smiled and said something to the women next to us who were ordering drinks. I don't remember the exact remark he said, but the next thing I know, we're in a vibrant conversation. He's introducing me to them, and we're talking about our travel plans, and by the end of the interaction, we were exchanging contact information and planning to meet up because we were going to be in the same area. As I think back on that conversation, I don't remember the exact opening remark he used, and that's kind of the point. It's not really what he said, but how he said it. His smile and his open body language made him easy to talk to. So do a little self-assessment before you go into a space and make sure you have that open demeanor. Your shoulders are back. You're looking out and around the room, not at your phone. You look happy to be wherever you are. You'll find yourself feeling more confident about reaching out to others. When you look this way, when you radiate that. And you may even find more people come up and reach out to you because of it. Of course, it's not enough to just stand there smiling. You actually do need to reach out and speak to a stranger. And this brings me to lesson number two, which is to risk rejection. When you make that first step and you initiate a conversation, whether it's through a compliment or a question that you ask, Then the ball is in the other person's court on how they are going to respond. For many people, the idea of rejection is a block to even initiating a conversation. I won't say hi because they could be rude, or I won't try to strike up a conversation because they might not be into it. Here's the thing. It's okay. I repeat, it's okay if someone doesn't want to speak to you, if not every conversation you strike up leads to a connection. The idea of being shut down by someone should not deter you from starting a conversation, especially because this is often a much more magnified fear in our heads than it is when it plays out in real life. The truth of the matter is, if you start a conversation and someone else isn't into it, they're going to go about their day and forget about you. If you need a friendly reminder of this, listen to this piece of advice from my friend Roxy, who I interviewed a few episodes ago. Because the more you do it, the more you'll be comfortable doing it. I wasn't always this way where I was so transparent. I, sometimes I just didn't say anything at all. Right. But now as I become more comfortable, as I you know get older, just understanding that it's really just simply not that deep out here. Like people, I am not so self-righteous that people are thinking of me all the time that they're noticing all my shortcomings right. like that is a very egotistical mentality it wasn't always I don't really have that ego at all so for me it's about you know owning it and just sharing where I am so that I can deeply connect with people because that's what I seek to do right now yes it's not that serious everyone is not focusing on you or looking to see if a conversation you struck up didn't go well just take the risk. Realize that many people do want to connect and are all too willing to have a conversation with you once you initiate. I linked that episode in the show notes. So if you want to check out the full version with all of Roxy's wisdom, then you can do so by hopping over to the show notes and clicking that link. Okay, now let's get into the meat of the conversation. You've spoken with a stranger you initiated what can you do to connect with them on a deeper level? One of my favorite things to do is depart from normal questions. The way I think about it is if you want to have out of the ordinary conversations, then you need to ask out of the ordinary questions. The what do you do and the how are you won't get you very far in this regard. The beauty and the fun of conversation is you can tailor it to the person you're speaking with. When you don't know someone, this can feel a little intimidating, but it's also quite fun because you have a lot of ground to cover. There's so much you don't know about this other individual. To go deeper, I find it's helpful to ask questions about motivations and passions that people have. Because asking about what drives someone or how they got into something can often open doors to learning more about what they consider important. And people enjoy speaking about their passions, their interests. So it's a great doorway to deeper conversation. What's that? You want an example? Of course I have one from my life. I'm always collecting examples for you. So I remember I was once at an ambassador's residence for an event and started speaking with one of the other guests. Instead of asking what I did for work, like everyone usually does, he asked what I enjoyed doing in my free time, and I mentioned my love of philosophy, of reading philosophers. I was, at the time, reading a book about Francis Bacon, so I brought that up, and it turned out that he is a huge lover of philosophy, so we started talking about that, about different books that we've read. And I asked more about how he got into it, how he uses it in his career, and the conversation just flowed from there. He asked about my interests, the things that I enjoyed pursuing, and that made for a great connection point. You can do the same when speaking with strangers, to get them to open up and even gush about what they really enjoy. It's a fun feeling when you unlock something within someone where they just start pouring out what they really care about and you can tell that they're genuinely interested in it. So to unlock these special moments, you can ask things like, what are your passions? What are you really into right now? Who inspired you to do that thing you just told me about? Who do you love to read or follow at the moment? The point is to make sure you're asking something that requires a person to dig a little bit so that they reveal a part of themselves to you because this is where actual connection happens. So go a little bit off script and ask something that won't get you a prepackaged response. Hi there, are you finding these episodes helpful for improving your communication skills? If so, I would be incredibly grateful if you could spare just a minute to leave a review. Your feedback not only motivates me to keep delivering valuable content weekly, but also helps other like-minded individuals discover our show. So please share your thoughts and experiences by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. It's a free and impactful way you can support the show. Thank you for being a part of A Better Way to Say. And now let's get back to the episode. Okay, strangers and friends, we are back and we're continuing our journey to connecting. Now, this next lesson is more of a warning, but it is to remember that the conversation is not about you. I wrote this quote down. I think it's helpful to remember when going through conversations, when trying to get people to open up. Talk to a man about himself and he will listen for hours. That is from former Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, who was a skilled statesman in the late 1800s. I did a whole episode on how to be more likable in conversation where we studied his skills, but this key principle stands out. So as you interact with people, as you speak with strangers, you need to remember that the spotlight should be on them. It's true, a conversation should have a healthy back and forth, but ultimately, you want to give the other person space. You want to use your questions, your listening, your body language, all to give them a feeling of comfort so that they can open up and speak more genuinely to you. You might notice throughout these tips as we continue on, the common theme of putting yourself in the other person's shoes. And I think that's what so much of connecting with others is truly about. It's that ability to think about what would help the other person come out of their shell, what would brighten their day, and what would make it an enjoyable conversation for them to the point where they would like to see you again. So the quote about talking to a man about himself and he will listen for hours, I take that as a reminder to dig deeper into whatever the person decides to share. Getting someone to tell you more about themselves helps form a bond. And this is actually scientifically proven, okay, in case you need the receipts, in case you need the data, there are studies on this. This leads me to my next lesson, which is to practice self-disclosure. I enjoy learning about psychology, understanding how the mind works, And of course, sharing relevant things I learn with you. So let's talk self-disclosure. Self-disclosure involves sharing information with others that they would not normally know or discover. These can be things like hopes and dreams, past experiences, and things that generally require a bit of vulnerability to say. In studies around self-disclosure, it's been found that Doing so aids in forming deeper bonds and connections with people. We tend to like people who open up to us. And on the flip side, we also like people who we open up to. So practicing self-disclosure can be a helpful way to connect more deeply with strangers. Now, being vulnerable doesn't have to be a huge undertaking, especially when it's with someone you're just meeting. There are small ways to practice this that will still make an impact on someone and encourage them to open up to you as well. One thing that I've noticed is endearing is when people share their shortcomings instead of trying to look polished and perfect. Of course, I have a story. I have an example. Don't you worry. I remember meeting someone at a hotel bar who was visiting DC for business, and I asked him about his first Business venture. He admitted that it failed and it went under. He talked about the mistakes he made and what he regretted about it. And I found this transparency refreshing, especially in a city where everyone is always championing their accomplishments. Hearing someone talk about failures stood out. Also, failure is universal, everyone can relate to a time when they didn't measure up. So I think being able to talk about that also lends to relatability. Of course, this is just one example and your form of self-disclosure doesn't have to be a failure. It can be a fear. It can be a dream you have. It could be something you really want to accomplish but you don't exactly know how you're going to get there. A woman at a party once told me she had no idea what she was doing with her career and I thought, you know, probably a lot of people think that but don't say it. So Good for her for being open about it. When a moment presents itself and you feel comfortable, practice self disclosure. Practice opening up to people in little ways and seeing how that allows you to connect more deeply. If all else fails, you can always start with your Uber driver. Apparently, people tell their Uber drivers everything, so (laughs) you'll never see them again. You could try being a little vulnerable and seeing what happens. Okay, now on to something a little more lighthearted, something that's equally helpful in connecting, and that is to sprinkle in humor. In my humble opinion, humor has to be one of the best tools when it comes to quickly connecting with someone. Because laughing at something in common with someone forms a little bond almost instantly, and it can also break down barriers. As Mark Twain once said, Against the assault of laughter, nothing can stand. Often when we approach strangers and we don't know that much about the person, we can come across as a bit formal and a bit stiff, but being funny, joking around a little bit makes you much more likable and it often makes conversation flow more easily as well. Once someone has had a laugh with you, they feel a little bit more connected Personally, I think that scripted jokes are the worst. I can't remember the last time I laughed at a knock-knock joke or a dad joke, but jokes that work within the moment or jokes that pull from the environment or from things that were said earlier in the conversation, those really level up a conversation. So they're one way to connect with strangers and make them like you more, which who doesn't want that? Okay, you're asking great questions, you're both opening up, you're landing killer jokes left and right, go you. What happens next? What happens as the conversation comes to its natural close? The way you end the conversation is arguably the most important part of turning a stranger into a connection. So I have a few lessons to help you do this easily. And the first is to express gratitude. So if you want to end on a high note, share a specific reason that you're thankful you met the person. What did you come away knowing that you didn't know before? Or why are you better off for having had that conversation? I once met a woman from New York, and throughout the conversation, she shared little gems about places to visit in the city and what to see. So at the end of the conversation, I said, wow, I'm so glad I met you right now. I feel like I have a full itinerary for New York. And then we exchanged information, and she said I could let her know if I was ever in town. And it was a very natural next step after I expressed my thanks you can extend your expression of gratitude for whatever you found most valuable in the conversation. So maybe you thank someone for opening up to you. Maybe they were vulnerable or you thank them for giving you insights about a career industry because they're further ahead in their journey than you are. Maybe it's not career related at all and I'm just spending too much time in DC, but whatever your thing is, you can make the effort to say thank you. Remember that people enjoy feeling valued, feeling appreciated, and this is exactly the feeling you provide when you let them know you're thankful. It also makes them more likely to want to connect in the future. And this leads me to my next point, which is to discuss the follow-up. So as a conversation winds down, you have a few options to work with when it comes to extending the connection. First off, you can always bring up things mentioned earlier in the conversation as a jumping off point for meeting again. For instance, in the case of the party guest I mentioned earlier, after we talked about philosophy, he said he would love to tell me more about a graduate program he thought I would be a good fit for. So that was a natural next jumping off point for meeting again. So think back on the conversation and what you two talked about for an easy way to extend the offer to meet again. Another option is simply to ask for contact information and to stay in touch. You can say something like, it was so lovely speaking with you. I would love to keep in touch. It's really all you need to say. It's not that serious. And you can even make it more specific and say, I would love to keep in touch about and then mention whatever mattered most to you in the conversation. So you don't always have to have concrete plans for the future in order to connect further. Of course, remember that not every conversation you have with a stranger is going to lead to a deeper connection. Sometimes you just have a great conversation with a stranger and they remain a stranger, which is completely fine. And the better you get at speaking to strangers, the more comfortable you'll be for the conversations that end up turning into something more. Well, 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 this brings us to the end of our four-part Talking to Strangers series. You did it. Graduated. (laughs) Well, if you listened to all four episodes, you graduated. If not, you need to go back and listen. But here's a little recap in case you missed any. So in part one, we talked about six ways to start a conversation with a stranger. Part two was small talk school, all about how to improve your small talk so that you can actually have fun and enjoy the process of speaking with new people. Part three was a lesson in common mistakes that make people dislike you in conversation. And you just heard part four, how to turn strangers into friends. All of these Talking to Strangers episodes are linked for you in the show notes. So if you missed any, go and take a listen. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to leave a review for the show. And if you have any episode requests, I'm all ears at betterwaytosay.com. Best of luck speaking with strangers, and I'll catch you on the next episode of A Better Way to Say.